I've been thinking a lot about why I make this podcast. A big part of it to me is about sharing my love of music and sharing music in general. It seems though, the more episodes I do, the more I realize how selfish this podcast really is. Unbeknownst to me, I've been using it and I've been using the guests. Each episode, I invite people on to listen to music with me. It seems straightforward, but given the option, I tend to encourage the guest to bring something that I'm less familiar with or something that's out of my comfort zone. Case in point, today you could be listening to In Your Honor by Foo Fighters, but you're not. That would have been too easy for me. Maybe it would have been too easy for you too. So thank you for indulging me and joining me on these journeys. My name is Michael Higgins, and today you're listening to Telephone by No Name with returning guest. He's a writer. He's a podcaster. He's everyone's favorite dungeon master. McRae writes himself, Corey McRae. Corey, how's it going? Hello. I'm actually using McRae now. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if uh, y'all out there can, can use that. That's my clan name, believe it or not. Just McRae. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, again, I'm trying to use it as a... As teachable moment as it were uh, across the interwebs but thanks for having me mike absolutely i'm i'm, I'm thrilled here uh so what i was referring to in the opening is you gave me two options uh you gave me two options when you uh when when you decided to come back on you said we can do in your honor or we can do telephone and often i'm just well what's telephone and rather than ask you what's telephone i google it and i went I, I, I want to do this. I, I don't know what this is. I want to do this. And I, I and admittedly, like it is sort of this, I, I like selfish thing. It's what um, you want to listen to, right? It's what I, 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 I like discovering new music and, you know, all the Spotify algorithms in the world isn't really going to introduce me to music the way that, you know, friends will. You know, that somebody will go, oh, you haven't heard this thing from like four or five years ago. You got to yeah. you got to check this out. And you put your trust in a friend and you check you, you check out something that you're not familiar with at all. And next thing you know, you're reading Wikipedia articles, you're Googling <laughs> lyrics and jamming out. You're yeah. And, 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 and you're in this groove and you're enjoying, th- you know, and. Uh, it's happened a few times now at the show where, um, you know, somebody brings on an album and I go down a little rabbit hole. And <laughs> and that's where we find ourselves today. This is an album that I Ooh, listened yeah. to start to finish just earlier today. Uh, and for, for the first time. So this is very, nice. very new to me. But I also, I've, I've read a couple articles here. I've read some, some quotes from interviews. Uh, and I got all the lyrics open here. And we're going to work through it. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, let me first ask you, Corey. Yes. You chose this. Why, why did you choose it? Um, I have... Just like you said, I have a really personal connection to this album. Um, it was, you know, it's it's actually really fascinating that 
you kind of mentioned the friend aspect because most good music I've ever added to playlists in my life. And I have obviously my website, mccurries.com has a bunch of playlists on it of different moods. I sort by vibe as it were as pretentious as it sounds. I get that. I get that. We'll get, we'll get into that too. We'll get into it. But um, this, this album was one that was put on to me by an ex-girlfriend of mine um, who I'm still friends with. Awesome person. And I would go over to her place and hang out with her and her roommates for art nights. And okay. so we would be chilling out, having conversations, and often we would have telephone on in the background on loop because it's a short album. It's only like 33 minutes. It's yeah. only 10 songs. Um, and I had heard her before on Chance the Rapper's um, Acid Rap. Mm-hmm. And of course, immediately was like, oh, yeah, this, this girl, I like her. She's got a good voice. She's got good rhymes. Um, and then, you know, of course, listening to it enough times, you get invested, you learn the lyrics, you do some research on the artist. And of course, I found out she's from a similar background of mine from the slam poetry scene. So I'm I'm all into it. And it has good memories of, you know, drawing Cthulhu and having good <laughs> bullshits about life, you know, <laughs> and it's it's a very real album, too. Um, again, growing up how I grew up as, you know, dumb, poor, hick, redneck logger. Um, a lot of the themes of poverty and stuff really resonate with me. Yeah. So, uh, good old intersectionality. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's come from the Chicago hip hop scene. Uh, like you said, she sort of came to um, wider recognition appearing on a Chance the Rapper uh, track. Uh, if, if you want, you can go check out. She did appear on one of Chance the Rapper's live performances on Saturday Night Live. So you can check that out as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the first things that struck me about this album and we'll get into it as we start listening is it is uh it's very personal it is and it's uh, i i'm into it and i don't should we just should we just get going should we just start listening let's get right into it um so for those of you who are new to the podcast here's how it works each episode a guest and i listen to an album in real time and you can listen along with us. All you have to do is listen to the countdown and hit play on the album at the same time as the beep. And it'll be like you were listening right along with us. And we're going to have our own little listening party. We're going we're gonna to hang out and uh, chat about music and get excited and nerd out about the stuff that we love. Uh, and, and it'll be like you're kind of right in the room with us hanging out. So please come join Ooh. us. And without further ado, telephone by no name three two one yesterday so the starting track is yesterday yep this is i believe the one i like diddy bop a little bit better but i know this is the one that got the most attention off this album uh, Diddy Bop certainly has the most listens, but immediately this caught me. The uh, the piano, the chord structure, yeah, the man. sort of broken. The some some of the some of the chord hits are happening like just a little off, off beat. Yep, it's really it's just... you know we talk about music being tight often and yes. this is a great example of music being loose 
And that's what I hear in like the instrumental of this. And immediately I was like, oh, good call, Corey. I'm happy we're listening to this today. (laughs) I, the thing I love about how far hip hop has come. And again, speaking as a bald white fucking Canadian dude. um, Yes. (laughs) So take this with a grain of salt. Um, I love how, as we've gotten more electronic with our music, that stuff has been able to be layered so much better. So you can lay down a beat and then do something in a completely different time and then layer something that's in a completely different time on top of that. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm just getting back into making music myself. So I'm a total rookie. (laughs) Yeah. But it's one of those albums that every single beat in this album is beautiful. I could listen to this as an instrumental album and be happy. And I... 100% agree. I was very struck by the instrumental immediately. And after a little bit of reading, you realize, well, she took her time, really took her time releasing this. That's what I admire about this album is if you're going to do something, do it once, do it right and do it to the point where you're happy with it. Not because you have to like meet a deadline or because you're selling to the studio or and I guess we should say, you know, this, this was released as a mixtape. It was released for free online. And yeah. I think that gives an artist a certain amount of freedom. Uh, it was originally announced in 2012. Yeah. And there were delays and delays. And <laughs> there was moving to different cities and recording this album in airbnbs and working and working and working i i I like the idea that an artist is just going to say like no it's not ready it's not i'm not going to finish until it's not done until i sign my name to it okay so i haven't signed my name to it yet it's not done and it eventually comes out after being announced in 2012 it comes it comes out four years later in july of 2016 again okay what a year to come out in too eh <laughs> like <laughs> yes so this is one that turn up in your headphones the 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 beats the acapella this, but like the, the there's all these different like snare and it's super super so, acapella style right like it's got them doing half the beat, snapping, clapping, et cetera, for the other half of the beat. It's oh, sunny duet, baby. Yeah. And, oh boy, where are we? Sunny duet. I implore people to check out the genius.com uh, lyrics for this. I yeah. didn't know until today that you could really dig into lyrics on genius.com. Uh, and, I learned that too, from you. Oh boy. <laughs> and go and click on specific lyrics and see what things are being referenced. And uh, much like Wikipedia, you'll find uh, sometimes links to a specific interview where a producer or an artist uh, explains a little bit of that, which I, I, I like, it, it's pretty meticulous, right? Um, it's all crowdsourced, yep. I think, very similarly to Wikipedia. And stuff will get flagged if it doesn't have any kind of um, notation or, or anything. If it's just somebody's personal interpretation of a lyric, that's going to get flagged. So uh, d- dig in, because like these lyrics are, man. Yeah, man. 
there's there's a lot that I don't know because they're like Chicago contexts, right? Um, Absolutely. And I think that there's so much to be said for albums that have place in them in that way. Like where you have, yeah. this is a reference to say Vancouver or this is, you know, the Seattle grunge scene and um, Portland and Vancouver kind of, you know, scenes with Modest Mouse and stuff. So many of those, you know, artists from the Pacific Northwest, a lot of their music is based around place and experiences in that place. And similarly with the Chicago hip hop scene, like uh, the, the, the hip hop that I kind of grew up with in high school. And I think most people listening to nineties hip hop, it was New York and it was California or LA. And yeah, man, East versus West, West yeah, Coast, West Coast. Kind of classic, whatever, right? But, <laughs> but like Chicago exists in this little bubble all of its own, right? Yep. We're already on track three. Diddy Bop. Um, Diddy Bop but, is my probably f- one of my favorite tracks on this entire album, just because it's so how chill it is. I love it. And well, I, I just a, a lyric in the last um, one just kind of caught my ear while we were talking about this miracle whip, miracle whip at Fun Town, summertime delight, delight. Yeah. And it was just the second I hear the word summertime, it was like, yep, there, that's it. This yeah. is, and this has come up on on the show before. Immediately, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for right now. This summertime album. And yes, I don't know about you, but there is some music I do not listen to in winter. I, no, I, I hear you. To, and vice versa. That was right? the whole thing with Damon Albarn last year or the year before with um, the Now Now, right? He's just like, fine, fuck you guys. You didn't like the last album? I'll make a summertime bop album. There Here's you go. <laughs> And we were like, no, Damon, we just wanted more of your beautiful vocals on the album. I swear, I will be on the show at one point someday without talking about Damon Albarn. <laughs> I promise. It's true. It's true. Um, so Diddy Bop, again, like, okay, there's references to barbecue, more references to summertime. Yeah, well, let's just talk about the name. Can we talk about, can we talk about, the name of the uh, uh, of the song is Diddy Bop. It's a fucking bop, like, man. Like <laughs> it's the song's a bop, but I was like, but but di- but Diddy, like, is that is and yes, it is. It is referring to who I grew up with as Puff Daddy. Diddy. It's referring, <laughs> I was waiting it's referring for this. to his dancing, and it was like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I know we all, like we all talk about like. Buff Daddy's and his dance is just like no, it's like that's the that's Diddy Bop. That's so there are some things that are going to be generational. Like um, I believe No Name is about my age. I think she was born in ninety or ninety one. So correct. That is such a generational thing. Like oh, of course, man. (laughs) I so and like we're both revealing our ages right now. So yes, you know I'm a little older and. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a born child of the 80s, but, you know, I, yeah. I came I came of age uh, with like 90s hip hop, but also in like a small town where music would take really long time to get to us. Yes. Just the, prolifer- the proliferation of the internet hadn't happened yet. So we were like, man, have you heard this new, oh my God, this, this hip hop group called Wu-Tang. Oh my God. <laughs> that album had been There's out There's a song for... that I like called Cream and it's really it, good. And <laughs> the album had been out for six years when we all discovered it. Yeah. Six, six years before we all discovered it. 
that's how long it could take some music to find its way to us. Um, but uh, again, just I do want to point back to genius.com. Diddy Bob. <laughs> I feel like um, this is your new toy that it like, is has unleashed toy. the demon for the show. Watching my happy block, <laughs> my whole neighborhood hit the Diddy Bop. If you click that, there is just like a GIF. It, it like yeah. links to a GIF of Diddy dancing. And I'm like, and immediately it's it like, oh, oh, so that's. T- <laughs> Although there's a lot I'm of so bits of that song that are just, I, oh God, am I getting yesterday confused with Diddy Bop? But talking about, you know, come home when the streetlights go on. Like I remember riding yes. my bike and riding with packs of kids up and down the street. You had your turf that you were allowed to go to mm-hmm. and you had to be home before the streetlights came on. Like that was your, your sign basically. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot like uh, people of a certain age will remember this time when like, you just kind of like went out with your friends and would be gone all day on like a Saturday or something. Hours and hours yeah. just gone. And you're like 11 10 or something yep, about there. and you would just sort of go home at the end of the day and that was normal and i i don't know if i don't want to sound like an old man i don't know if kids these days know that uh, but i certainly <laughs> but it's generational know, again right i it's certainly such a know time. parents that are my age that have children of that age i don't know if their kids are just out and about unsupervised for hours and hours on end I mean, but we were, they are from 14, give or take. It's a little bit older. I think it still happens. A little older now. It still happens, but it's a little older, but uh, it's not like you're riding bikes and being packs of kids roaming the streets, you know, having fun playing. Yeah. I miss those days. I do. You know, talk about the millennial, like, you know, (laughs) the throwback or zillennial throwback. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Um, man. And this album evokes a lot of that for me, like that specific time frame of when I was first getting into hip hop, like, you know, a lot of it was, God, like I, I'm West Coast, obviously. So a lot of it was like Snoop style hip hop. <laughs> so it's got flow, it's got rhythm. It very much comes from like a place of, you know, let's make some chill jams, hang out, sling some rhymes. And of course I'm from the slam poetry scene. So that's my jam. <laughs> yeah man oh um, man also no name from the slam poetry scene as well yeah and I would really uh, implore people to go check it just just read the Wikipedia article about no name um, and I think you'll find it very intriguing um, the work that she's done with her book club uh, yes. National Library Card Registration Day like like if you don't if you don't have a library card oh my do do you even realize what you're missing out on how much access you have to to things you don't in the words of arthur having fun isn't hard when you do have a library card (laughs) (laughs) but i it, it sounds like i remember like having a library card growing up and occasionally going to get a book out of the library when I had like a report some noon. And as an adult now, I still have a library card. Now that I live in Toronto, I have a Toronto public library card, which is like coveted to, uh, you know, siblings of mine that do not live in this city that are like, Hey, uh, can I borrow your library card to sign up for the Libby app so I can download, you know, like audiobooks or eBooks to, to read. Cause Guess yep. what? All of the stuff you have, there's so much access 
uh, available to people through their public libraries that people are not always aware of. So I really encourage people, if you don't have a library card, support your lo local public library and go get a library card. They may charge for it. And if they do, it's going to be what, like two bucks. Like it's, 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 these are, these are amazing public institutions that we need to support. I mean, I just like the fact that your name is pushing literacy and education because for fuck's sakes, that's, what's going to get us out of this, you know, world on fire that we're in right now, literally. Um. <laughs> yes. And you living People on the West Coast, not dumbasses. I, I think living on the West Coast, I'm sure that that's something you're not like you're you're not. It's not a joke yeah. to you, you know. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it is very serious right now. Uh, so support your local public library. <laughs> Love each other. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this has uh, been 60 minutes. Uh, <laughs> this is brought to you by listeners like you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, hey, I grew up watching like PBS and stuff. Like I am a Mr. Rogers reading rainbow, like hundred percent LeVar Burton taught me how to read, man. Like <laughs> Absolutely. That and Dick and Jane Absolutely, books, baby. <laughs> man. Like it's no, no joke. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, like we, we laugh, but like, we're, we're also like being serious. Yeah. Um, we're already I love on how... track five reality check. Yeah. We're almost halfway through the album. There's only one interlude in the middle, um, which is uh, like a full song basically, which is still. a full song and, uh, it's coming up next. And I do want to talk about it because of what's on genius.com i'm curious about it the versions that you've heard in the past versus what is on spotify um i don't know if we're at it yet but there are multiple references on this album uh to everything is everything okay and the first time that i heard the words everything is everything um said on this album i was like and I opened up the genius and it was like, yeah, no, no, it's not like we're talking Lauren Hill, right? Like we're talking like, like yep. we're talking greatest of all time, Lauren Hill here, you know, like <laughs> that album is next level. And I love the nods uh, to. There's a lot of nods here. I mean, we just talked about Diddy Bop, like, yep. I mean, it's kind of nice when you can pay homage to the people that came before you, you know, here's the talented people that I look up to as idols, you know, and I'm going to reference them in my work to show my appreciation and my respect, which I, yeah. you know, I might be old school, but I like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just referencing the Wikipedia article here um, and it's going to be coming up in the next song as well. Uh, musically and stylistically, no name has credited musicians, Nina Simone, Andre 3000, Kanye West, Missy Elliott, uh, all as influences, and cited authors Yee, like Missy. Toni Morrison and Patricia Smith as notable, notable influences on her writing style. Uh, one more uh, to add to that list that is mentioned in the Wikipedia article, just quoting the article here, Avril Lavigne. Yeah, Avril I can Levine. see that. And I found that very, very interesting. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Well, you think about it, like, you know, age again, she was born in 1991. She, like, Avril came out in what, 2001 to 2004, give or take. Yeah. Um, 
I listened to a fuckload of Avril Lavigne, A, because it was the only thing the local radio station had on repeat. Yeah. Hilariously. It was like, I, so when I was, this is a kind of a bit of a sidetrack, but when I was 11, I got suspended from school for doing something dumb. And my father, who was a logger, was like, oh, you're not staying at home to play video games and stuff. You're coming to work with me. Wow. So, you know, 11 years old, waking up at 4 a.m. to go live the logger lifestyle and, you know, mm -hmm. sit behind his seat. He would put the seat all the way up. I'd sit on the radiator behind his machine. And there's only two games. One was Guess the Time. <laughs> the other was wow. Spot the Animal. <laughs> and of course, we're in a machine, so not many animals. And then we would listen to the radio. And so Avril Lavigne's Complicated, I believe it was, was all just on loop twice an hour. So I learned most of the words to that song. And again, mm. Avril Lavigne is super talented. She had that like sham marriage to Chad Kroger for a while to like boost their popularity. But <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say that. Maybe they're deeply in love and they realized it wasn't going to work out for some star crossed reason. I don't know. Um, <laughs> who's, who's to know? Who is to know? But I'm with you, No Name, like 100%. Avril Lavigne has some bangers. She did do that weirdly racist thing a couple of years back where she had like a music video, was it? Where she was like doing play on like kawaii culture from Japan. Oh, God. It got a little I, weird. I, I, Somebody I, like I I think Gwen Stefani did something like that. Yeah, as well. Gwen Stefani. Um, uh, yeah. Rich white girls, man. What, what you going to do? Uh, <laughs> kick them in the ass and keep going, I guess. <laughs> So the, um, the interlude here, Freedom, the, the last like third of the song goes on just instrumentally for a while here. Kind of gives you now, a break. But now when I am on genius.com, I have here uh, after the refrain, outro. And immediately I, I was like, oh, I know this. This is an interview with Nina Simone. So I don't know if this was something that originally existed on the mixtape, but that had to be cut from the official release due to clearance reasons. But I don't know. Um, according to genius.com, there was an outro and it is audio from a Nina Simone interview that I'm familiar with because it is the same interview that Radiohead used on their last tour for a moonshape pool it was the oh, opening okay. of the, uh of of their uh tour they came out to it um and it is well what's free to you and nina simone, yeah. simone says what's free to me same thing as it is cut. to you <laughs> you tell me no no you tell me it's just a feeling it's just a feeling it's like how do you tell somebody how it feels to be in love how are you to tell anybody who has been in love how it feels to be in love? You cannot do it to save your life. You can't, you can describe things, but you can't tell them. You know when it happens. That's what I mean to be free. And a couple of times on stage when I really felt free, ain't that something else? That's really something else. I'll tell you what freedom is. What freedom is to me, no fear. Yeah. I and I love that wise words from Nina Simone. I Cut in, yeah. I love I'm gonna go look Simone. that up after this show. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I I noticed the tempo. I mean, Casket Pretty is a pretty sad song, but um pretty short and sweet. 
but the tempo does kind of slow down a little bit, even already from some of the bops from the earlier half of the album. After the interlude, it does get a little bit more chill, which I, I kind of, you know, it winds you down a little bit, which is similar to like theater, how you have, you know, the most action up until your intermission. And then after the intermission, you're kind of like cascading into the denouement a little bit. And you're, yeah, you're wrapping it all up and you're, and I find this more and more. And I, I swear it's something that comes up on every episode now, trackless track order and how important and painstaking it is, the, yes. the time and effort an artist puts into it. And the idea of putting interludes somewhere in if not in the middle, maybe two thirds in having some <laughs> yeah, kind man. of li- literally a break for your ears. Right. That's, that's like a mixtape thing for sure. Doing like comedy bits as interludes. And yeah. I think what is it? Gym class heroes has an interlude. That's literally just called apple juice break where it's like literally just the sounds of someone going to get some apple juice. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I love that shit. Cause it kind of adds some it. humor to it. I right. It. Like, it's like, yeah, fuck you. Like we're making dope music. But also we have time to be fun and, or, you know, like reflect on our life through phone conversations we recorded or, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the um, reanimation album uh, from Lincoln Park has phone conversations that they've clipped and yep. put in there. And it adds a lot to the track order because they're very meticulously placed before key songs. Well, um, let's talk about that. You remind me of a, 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 you reminded me of a quote that I wanted to pull here um uh regarding the title of this album telephone i named it telephone because i like the idea of what it means to be on the phone with someone for the very first time and all its little intricate idiosyncrasies from the awkwardness to the laughter or various intimate conversations you can have over the phone i want my project to be very controversial um sorry conversational i'm i'm sorry oh, damn it i want my project to be very conversational uh that's you actually i, can I get want by people that. to feel like they're on the phone with me getting to know me better than a text message or a tweet yes nice. and you know nice. like coming from the slam poetry scene like that's a hundred percent a lot of the vibe that you get from a, a slam is like you're walking in and you're trying to hit the audience with your heart as hard as you fucking can. And if yeah. you like, you know, you know, you've done well when a room is silent, um, you know, you're supposed to show snapping and appreciation, but a lot of the time I prefer the silence. Cause you just, if you can walk into a room and have art so beautiful that, you know, you're bearing your soul and heart to the point where you're going to stun people. Yeah. There's, there's a power to that, which I appreciate. Like this album has that power this album is raw there's a lot of heart there's a lot of self yeah and again i feel like i almost i'm realizing almost got a little ahead of myself reading the wikipedia article i could have just pointed to the opening lyrics of this song miss nina simone jimmy jones missy elliott musically they're my relatives never forget my andre yeah andre 3000 that being right all that cast baby lays it all out there you know uh these are the people that you grow up listening to that are going to influence what you do. And, but you know, it's kind of cool is that she has Andre 3000 as a reference, but not big boy and big boy and Andre 3000 did, you know, um, the love uh, speaker box, the love below, which was them taking hip hop and splitting it into the two kind of like 
harder interpretations of what it should be. We're basically going to together do two solo albums. Exactly. Right. And so the fact that she likes Andre 3000, it is the jams, the groove, the like the soul. It's, you know, as where Big Boy did a very traditional, you know, like 90s hip hop album. Yeah. Um, And I mean, also when you're referencing these people that I mean, you and I know, like these are household names, right? Exactly. It's no coincidence that she's referencing them in a song called Forever where she's saying I'll live forever now. Right. It's, it's this sort of idea. The artist legacy. You know, that, that maybe someday someone's going to be looking at me that way. Right. The internet has really enabled that. Like the idea of before you would make, say the guy who wrote Gilgamesh, right. He wrote it 2,800 plus, sorry, way more than that. Like 5,000 years ago. And we don't know who wrote it, but we fucking know that that person is going to live forever. That is the earliest piece of human writing, like storytelling that we have from a cuneiform tablet Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in, you know, early, early humanity. And the idea that you can make art and throw it out there as your legacy, like you are not yourself. After I die, after you die, we're gone. But our art will tell the story of who we were. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I always say just like, there's a reason that we refer to these, these, these things that we drop on a turntable as records because they're pieces of history, right? (laughs) This is super nerdy, but have you watched the anime Dr. Stone? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. So the whole point is basically going back to stone age and there's one scientist left and he has to rebuild society. And one of the things that they have to recreate at a point in that show in the first season anyway is how to make a record how to leave a recorded like voice message for someone a hundred years after you're gone right Mm -hmm. literal literally their words pressed into existence which i think is cool it's very like i mean we could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> we're running an but, album. We only but, have but about we're seven minutes left. We're, 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 we have a song and a half left, but I, I do want to, t- Bye Bye Baby, it's, this song really jumped out at me. Really, really jumped out at me. Um, and her producer will say, this is again from genius.com, I'll let no name give you the full scoop on this, but it's true that it's about an abortion. Verse one is the mother's voice and verse two is the baby's voice. But remember that lyricism is an art and though it doesn't, and though it does have a specific intention, you are free to interpret it however you feel. Whatever it means to you is also valid. Because it's a reinterpretation. I love, I love the uh, honesty in, in that, you know, Whatever it means to you is valid and do take some time. If you're listening to pull up the lyrics to bye bye baby. Um, It's uh, it's, it's, it's less than three minutes long. And I'm sure that's a, that song alone is the kind of song that you could talk about for an hour, you know? And I don't know if you and I are even the right people to have that conversation. (laughs) There are more, more qualified people than I, Sarah, and many things. (laughs) Yeah. And, but, but I, I, I would encourage people to uh, read the lyrics, just read the lyrics. 
I was, um, we, we talked about kind of which album I gave you the two choices and uh, I've been listening to this album again, kind of on repeat for the last day and a half to like re-familiarize myself with it. And I always kind of love how there's an, a feeling you walk away with from an album. Whenever I finish this album, I go away and my heart feels a little bit lighter despite how dark some of the content is. Yes. Just talking about Bye Bye Baby, you know, we're talking about, I, I love real art, if that makes sense. There's a, there's a certain um, honesty and vulnerability uh, to, to it that I, I can't help but appreciate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I tip my hat. I, you know, I, what else can I say? Right. Um, if, uh, if only I could have the, the kind of courage to, to produce something like that. And I, hey, I don't think I have time and effort. But, <laughs> no, you know? anything is possible. I believe that in the act of creation, and this is me just being a dumb Socrates figure, but if in the act of creation, it's anyone, Socrates, <laughs> I'm sure he was. He was so. I, I, uh, you know what? No, but this is again. This is a generational thing. I grew up with Bill and Ted, and you didn't. You're too late for, for Bill and Ted. I have never watched either of the Bill and Ted movies, and apparently there's a new one coming out, so I need to do it. It's on my list. It's, uh, it's a running. Um, so creates is a running gag on, on, in in the movie. Anyway, gotcha. Anyway, uh, but oh god, I can't remember what I was saying now. <laughs> the act I, of creation. The act of creation is, thank you for that, is just such a sacred thing that anyone can do. Fuck it. You know, like, that's why I always have this open remix policy. Anything I ever make, I want you to take it and fuck with it and just like make new art of it and make new meaning out of it and take meanings I never even saw in it. And because, you know, this is all we got at the end of the day. We got albums like Telephone talking about real shit, you know? And I... The, the the idea that the the receiver is the interpreter of the meaning is always yeah. like that's something that has always been a notion of mine. I did my undergrad in English lit, and we're still rereading we're still rereading Shakespeare and deciding it means different things. Yeah, man. You know? I walked into a well, knowing we were almost at a time here, but I walked into a, a lecture hall once and my prof was this like 87 year old woman who walked into the cane and took forever to get to the front. And almost one of the first things I remember her saying was, let's talk about Iago's homosexual relationship with Othello. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yes, <laughs> let's talk yeah. about that. I was enthralled. Again, I only had a concentration in drama, but still I was like, all right, you have my attention, lady. <laughs> right? Absolutely, right? I mean, Art can do dumb things sometimes. You, you know, we can, you, you can, I, I think it's, um, I think it's boring to just say, well, Shakespeare is a product of his time. Therefore, you have to remove certain meanings from his work. That's boring. Yeah. It's whatever, whatever you get out of it. Um, and I, and I like that a producer on this album is so willing to say, Hey, it means to you what it means to you. Yeah. And, that, and that's we, it. Would we be able to have, I mean, this is kind of the whole derivative art conversation with 30 seconds left, but could we have <laughs> no name if we didn't have like, you know, those who came before her? Could you have me as a writer if I didn't have fucking Shakespeare and, you know. And the short answer is no. Uh, you know, 
you you don't have no name if you don't have Tony Morrison. Nothing's in isolation. You know, yeah. you don't have like it, it, it. Nothing is. Everything is perpetually influencing everything else. It's this push and pull thing that is all it. happening all over our all over the okay. all over the world. Change that zeitgeist, baby. Take control of it. Make it a, yeah. as beautiful and polished as you possibly can. All right. We have reached the end of the album and I am going to have my little fun thing where I uh, I let Spotify keep playing and we see what the algorithm plays for me next. And okay. it is playing a no-name song called Montego Bay. Ooh, Bay spelled song. B-A-E uh, yeah, from the album Room 25. And that was the album after. And I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. If you want an album to go listen to after this, go listen to 25. Like, I, I don't think, think I have I listened to anything that No Name has put out that I have not liked. And that is a pretty bold statement. Maybe a, a song or two. and But that's overwhelmingly like 98% or more I love. I, um, yeah. I mean. Maybe I just have I, a crush on her because she's cute and did slam poetry. I don't know. I mean. Uh, <laughs> like. <laughs> But, but I like, I'm, I'm really impressed. I love the production uh, of the album, and I really appreciate somebody that's gonna that that held off as long as she did releasing this because this was her like okay you know people knew who she was because she had done some work with Chance the Rapper and whatnot. But this was this is her breakout. This is the breakout. This is. This is the high world, this is me moment. And yeah. if you're going to do that, you want to do it right. And if you're releasing it like the way she did, a mixtape, it's just like you have no boundaries and you have no, uh, you know, you have no deadlines. If you have no deadlines, you can work on it and be meticulous about it until you're, yeah. until you're happy with it. And for some people, they may never be happy with it. And some people thrive on deadlines. And I think this is a case of someone who it, it, it worked out really well for us that yeah. she said, I'm not ready. When I release this, it will be because it's ready. And I, I, I wish all that, art was like that. I wish. Yeah. yeah. I'm with her on it. Cause like, I, I'm very much the same way. If I'm going to make a piece of art, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be the best thing I think I can make it at the time. And yeah. I, I mean, it has to be a, a passion has to be a labor of love it has to be something that comes from your heart that you want to make and you want to make perfect because that's how you yeah. get the best art. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, quick question. I don't know whether or not your Spotify is set up to do this, but what it was just in the album. You? It went and unfortunately looped back and started playing Sunny Duet again because it That's just okay. uh, went into a random sometimes, shuffle on the album. Sometimes it does that. Some and 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 we're. Do you okay want me to play Shadow Man and click next and then? No, I don't. It's okay. Like it's okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, hey, we, we did it. Telephone by No Name. <laughs> we did it. Woo! Great album. Please go oh, listen to it. Go I listen to No it. Name. She's. I actually introduced her to um, a, an ex and she went and did a entire report on no name as a result. So, you know, cool histories, cool shit going on. It's a great jam out and do art album. Like mm -hmm. if you want an album that is for chill hangouts with friends, this is your album. Yeah. hundred percent. And I would tell people go check, like, you know, if you like the album, obviously like let yourself go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Just go go read the Wikipedia article on No Name and 
you'll you'll learn some interesting stuff. Uh, the No Name Book Club is very very intriguing to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, do check it out. Definitely do check it out. Uh, awesome. McCray, thank you. Thank you for having Another, me. I, I enjoy doing this with you. <laughs> I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm sure we're going to do more in the future. And, uh, you know, and uh, where, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm all over the place, mostly at McCreewitz.com, where I do a non, uh, well, it's a prose series called The Pickup Truck Diaries about educating people on certain topics through the lens of being a dumb, hick, redneck logger as a kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my mistakes, hopefully educating people. And uh, I also do a bunch of shorts there, so on and so forth. My book's coming out July 2022, The Marionette Man through Augment Creative Media. Uh, and of course, I do Something Wicked every Wednesday over at twitch.tv slash something5e, which is our comedy D&D uh, show set in a gothic horror setting. And we also do The Brewery on Mondays uh, over at Wicked and Funko. Uh, which is a Magic the Gathering janky brewing show. I do all sorts of shit, I'm realizing. I'm realizing how deeply I have gone down this creative rabbit hole in the last year. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, it's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. I'm excited. I've been 10 years out of the game, and I'm back, baby. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, if uh, you enjoy the show, you can find me at listening to pod on instagram and on twitter or my uh other uh personal account uh chipper at chip reviews on twitter or at chip reviewist mm -hmm. ist chip reviewist on Good instagram chips. uh where i like to talk about uh my other love potato chips um Woo. yeah so uh that's where you can find me if uh you enjoy the show you ever want to reach out and say hello uh come say hello you can email us at your listening to pod at gmail.com and uh let me know what you think hey are there certain albums you want to hear us to, uh cover on the show let me know and and i'll find somebody to come on and and, and cover them so uh reach out i i, I read all the emails that i get so uh, please do. All right. E, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts, Corey? Uh, thanks for having me on. I will try and bring a new genre every time I come on. Just to throw you off. That's my I promise. I love it. Like I said, <laughs> this is my. I listen to selfish, everything. So <laughs> it's my little selfish thing where I keep uh, discovering new music, and uh, it, it's. It's been a fun, creative, uh, you know, little outlet for me during uh, during lockdown. It's been a great way yeah. just to um, broaden my horizons a little bit, and uh, you know, just you know, find some new stuff that I may not have otherwise had access to. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you, you just need somebody to point you in, in the right direction, <laughs> and I'm very grateful that I have people like you that can do that for me. So thank you oh, very much. Thanks. You too, buddy. You too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Your listening to is brought to you in association with Wicked and Fun Co. Check out their weekly D&D podcast, Something Wicked, which I happen to edit. You can also watch their live stream on Twitch at Something5E. Five years for the D&D fans out there. More of the gang from Something Wicked will be joining me on future episodes to chat about their favorite albums. You can also find the show on Instagram and Twitter at Listening2Pod. So feel free to reach out, and if you like the show, take a minute to rate and review it on iTunes. I'm, I'm told it helps. Thanks for listening.